0: Welcome back to your daily dose of Amplified Impact. Let's just jump right into it because this is a meaty topic and I don't want you to be taking up your entire diet listening to me, unless you want to, in which case, very cool. I appreciate you being here. Okay, so last week or maybe two weeks ago, I made a post on Facebook that went kind of viral. People really responded to it in a way that I hadn't really expected that they would. Um, it was an interesting post from my perspective, but uh, the way that people really... Uh, resonated with it, I thought was amazing and interesting. So whenever that happens, I think, okay, let's unpack this a little bit deeper. So that's what we're going to do here today is we're going to unpack the the tool, the number one tool that wealthy people use to get wealthy. Um, I think that was like, to some effect, that was like the name of the, the, the post is like the number one tool wealthy people use to get wealthy. Um, but before we dive into that, like the, the first thing that you got to know about the tool is that tools are neither good nor bad whether the tool is good or bad is dependent on two things and it's neither of those things are within the tools control. Number one is the craftsman wielding the tool. So whether or not the tool is good or bad is like dependent on how good you are at using the tool. Number two is in what context that tool is being used. So you could be a master craftsman, but using a hammer in a situation where you need a screwdriver isn't going to help the situation. However, uh, if you're really just a terrible craftsman then you know having the the hacksaw might not actually do you much good in creating that beautiful wood sculpture or whatever And so those are the two variables that are going to make the tool good or bad is your skill wielding it in the context in which you yield it wield it and that's important because specifically when we talk about one of these, there's many manifestations of the tool that we're going to talk about, but in one of these manifestations, it often gets a very, very bad rap as being bad. And so, I just want to put a pin in that because I don't think that there's such thing as good and bad. Just you know, context and an ability to use the thing. So, that number one tool that the wealthy use to get wealthy is leverage. Okay, so leverage can come in a lot of different ways, and I've, I've probably talked about this on the podcast a lot in the past, and If if, if you want to do a really deep dive, probably more than I can do justice, you should probably go listen to Naval Ravikant, who talks about these four aspects of using leverage to generate and maintain wealth. I'm going to use them and share my personal experience with them and how I went from where I was over a decade ago, living in the back of that van, which I've talked about a lot uh, as $80,000 in debt, life was not going very good for me at that point. And how I started using these leverage tools, these tools of leverage to get from there to where I am now, um, which is no longer living in the back of the van. So like things going, going way better, but I don't just want to share the story of like how I've used them successfully, the, these tools, because i um, I think that does a disservice because each one of these different types of leverage I've also used very poorly and gotten burned and and, and hurt. And I want to share that because in the beginning, whenever you use a new tool, remember like your ability to wield it is one of the variables that decides whether or not it's a, it's a good tool to begin with. And in the beginning, you're going to really, really suck. And that can be discouraging for a lot of people then to think I'm not going to use this tool. Um, But I want to share both sides of the coin so that you get the full breadth of picture. So you go, oh, okay. Um, we fail our way to success. Anthony has had, had both successes with this, but he's also really, really sucked more, probably more times than I've actually succeeded. So let's talk about it. The four different types of leverage are, you have labor leverage, you have capital leverage, technology leverage, and media leverage. So let me take a sip of my water. We'll dive right in. All right. So labor leverage is the first, uh, first form of leverage that most people are familiar with, which is you can only do so much work yourself. So your ability to, you know, build the pyramid or build that machine is going to be largely dependent on your ability to motivate other people to come and work with you or for you in pursuit of that thing. So instead of me doing all the work myself, I can only go knock on so many doors. I can only fulfill so many services or sell so many products. But if I have a team of 10 who, you know, this guy's selling and this guy's fulfilling and this guy's doing the other thing, like now those 10 people can do far, far more than 10 X of what I on my own could do. That's like hundred X. Okay. So that's the first form of leverage. It's the one that most people are familiar with. It's the one that society puts a high, um, price of uh, status on or a, a significant amount of like, Oh, if you have people working for you, you must be a very successful entrepreneur or business owner. Whereas, and uh, truthfully, as we get into the other form of leverage is like, this is the least interesting to me, like getting people to work with and for you is actually a very cumbersome form of leverage, but it's where a lot of us start. So for me, for instance, um, I used labor leverage when I first started my, my first business, which was window washing, went out there, bought a couple hundred dollars of supplies, and then it, it started going out there, knocking on doors, asking people if I could wash their windows. And I did everything myself, knocked on the doors, washed the windows, took payment, all that stuff. And then as I started um, growing and getting more uh, money coming in, I, I hired somebody who would come in behind me and I would knock on the doors, I would get the people lined up to sell, and then they would come in and wash the windows. We would do it together, we'd do it faster, and then we move on to the next thing. And pretty soon, like that one person spawned into two and that spawned into three. And so now I had two people going out there washing windows and I had one person knocking on doors. And like, next thing you know, we have like, you know, a pretty robust little little machine going here and we were doing about a million dollars in revenue per year. So that's one form of labor uh, leverage where it went really well for me. But another form where it didn't go so well was a couple years later, I had moved back to Minnesota and I had um, my friends, they had started this climbing gym. And the gym was focused on high performing youth athletes who wanted to go to nationals, Olympics. And we actually trained an Olympic athlete there, which was pretty, pretty dope. Um, But it was in financial woes because the business model that they had created fundamentally didn't work for a lot of reasons. Um, But at that point in my career, I didn't have the perspective or the humility to look at it objectively and understand like what was actually happening and why it wasn't going to work. But I told him I could fix it. And so I stepped into the role and started trying to turn this thing around. But the number one product, and here's, here's, there's a lot of issues with the the economics of this business, but fundamentally the, the big problem was we had a, we had a couple of, high quality coaches who were capable of coaching at the the national Olympic level. However, as we were growing and we were having to grow out the base, the feeder program, bringing in, you know, younger athletes and um, newer athletes who could then progress upwards. We had to hire more and more coaches. And so we were very, very good at training the athletes, but what we lacked was the ability to train the coaches and turn coaches like like an average coach into an exceptional world beating coach. Right? Well, labor is only as good as, as you know, the labor itself. And so we had this issue where as the program continued to grow, the quality of the product increasingly diluted itself because the skills that we had, which were training athletes did not cross over to training coaches and eventually that business failed. So that's an example where the labor leverage really did not work out well for us. And in fact, it was the thing that ultimately put us under because as we grew and put on more people on the payroll, that was more overhead, but then we didn't get a consummate, a commensurate amount of increase in revenue because the the quality of the product wasn't sufficient. So that's labor leverage. And that might be where you start. Hey, real quick guys, I don't know if you know this, but each week I put together an exclusive newsletter for our subscribers that covers things like uh, entrepreneurship, investing, wealth building, productivity, and personal development. Also, you get some pretty cool behind the scenes content that the rest of the world just will never get to see. So if you're interested in joining us, get over to beyondtheapex.com slash newsletter to join the tens of thousands of other subscribers getting their weekly five to thrive. All right, let's get into the show. The, the next form of leverage is the one that we utilize the most frequently these days at Invictus Capital. It's. Capital, capital leverage. It's using money to go out there and do things and buy things and infrastructure and and putting the money to work so that the the dollar that you earn is earning for you as well. And this is this goes back to like Warren Buffett's whole concept of like if you can't find ways to make money in your sleep, you'll work until you die. Capital is a great way of doing this because as you get money, you can go and invest it, and then that money is earning money for you. And so that's effectively what we do at Invictus Capital, how I started my real estate career was I went out and bought a triplex, used an FHA loan. That's a perfect example of capital leverage where the bank gave me, um, I believe, 97% loan to value pretty much. Like I only had to come to the table with $7,500, and so I was able to buy a building worth you know around $300,000, and all I had to do was put up $7,500. So that's a great form of leverage where I get this very, very valuable asset. In exchange, I only give a couple, a couple thousand dollars. Now I'm owning this uh, cash generating machine. It's appreciating. I'm getting the tax benefits, all of the, the the pluses. But that's an example of using capital leverage to go out there or debt is another way of looking at this, to go out there and a- acquire a cash generating asset. And that's a great way of using debt. The bad way of using debt. And, and if you remember back at the beginning, I said, not uh, no tool is good or bad. It's just context and the, the ability of the wielder. And uh, this, is, this is the reason I wanted to talk about that this angle is because a lot of people look at debt as being bad. Like the Dave Ramsey's of the world will say like all debt is evil and there's no such thing as good debt. And that's, that's not true. It's not, it's not accurate. There is good debt, but it's used to acquire assets and there is in fact bad debt. It's the type of debt that's used to go out there and you know acquire commercial products that you couldn't afford otherwise, liabilities, things that are taking money out of your pocket, like a car or new shoes or like that fancy new house or whatever that you're gonna be living in, but it's not gonna be putting money into your pocket. And that was the type of leverage that I used really poorly when I was when I was younger. If you think back to like I was eighty thousand dollars in debt because I was using credit cards and taking out money to um, buy a lifestyle that I fundamentally could not afford. And I think a lot of people find themselves in that trap as well, where they don't know how to use debt. And because it cuts both ways, a lot of people end up getting mortally wounded because they just, they misuse the tool. The The third type of leverage is maybe the most interesting one in the new world, which is technology leverage. Because with the advent of coding and more specifically, no code um softwares where pretty much you don't even need to speak the language of the computer anymore. You have, you know, Wix or Beaver Builder, Divi, WordPress websites and Shopify and Amazon e-commerce where you can just go and you can set up a, a landing page and you can build out a company in a completely digital environment without having any knowledge of how to actually speak the language. And it's a great equalizer in, in one way but it's also the most powerful form of leverage in the grand scheme of things because the marginal like cost of replication when it comes to technology is so so small. So like you can go build your Shopify store and then you put a product up there and then you put another product and you know for one person to come and buy that thing it's it doesn't cost any, any additional revenue, right? And so this is why uh, technology companies have such crazy multiples and they're like why we see so many unicorns and billion dollar companies, um, based in tech is because you can do the work one time. You can have a really sophisticated software engineer, write the code and build the product, and then you can sell it to a billion people and you don't have to do anything new each time. It's just the same product over and over and over. And so for me, like a good example of how I've used this one recently in my life is, um, earlier about a month ago this was a, it was in august um which gives you some context of when i'm recording this it, i i built a course that um i, I sold like twenty thousand and twenty five thousand dollars in the span of like a week or something like that and in the in the in the course of building that that product, um I used Teachable, just a online platform. I created the tech the, 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 the product and put it there. And then I've been able to sell it over and over and over and over. I haven't touched it since it's been over a month and it continues selling. Just one time built it, sits there and it just continues to sell. And that's a great that's fantastic, honestly. Um, there's other forms of technology leverage like email lists, um where you can get people into your ecosystem and then continue to to sell to them in the future. But this is like the most interesting, and probably the most powerful form of leverage these days because anybody can access it. It just requires the, the desire and intention to sit down and learn it and build it and then sell it. So, but that's not always the case that it's going to work out. Like I'd shared an, just to hear an example of a, a product that I built that sold really well in the last month. However, a year ago, I built a similar product that sold like $275. So <laughs> case in point, like, uh, not everything you're gonna build is gonna crush it. And so take that, take that into mind. Like, but the plus side of technology leverage is like you can get infinite number of swing at bats. So you just keep showing up and just keep pumping out product. Like keep trying, keep trying. Eventually it hits, and um, you can do extraordinarily well there. The the fourth type of leverage is media leverage, which is the ability to like create content that is evergreen is going to have the ability to reach say a million people, right? So like this, this podcast is a perfect example of using media leverage where I'm creating this podcast. It's going to be about 15 minutes of work. I'm going to put it out there. It's going to cost a couple hundred dollars for hosting over the course of its life. And then, you know, all the marketing that goes into it, but this is something that thousands, if not millions of people could theoretically encounter and it's not going to cost me anything additional other than my, my, you know, my input of my time and my energy. So that's a great example. Another one is we wrote a book about a year ago that over the life of it, over the last 12, 13 months, it's probably made like fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000, but it's brought in investors who have invested over $3 million with us. Right? So the, amount of leverage that you can get from media these days and again it's like technology because technology has like reduced the expenses of like creating a podcast or writing or publishing and distributing a book like it makes it so easy to do these things that i don't see any reason why everybody shouldn't be using this form of leverage to its max through social media and just um, all the different ways of of putting out content into the world a way that this is like One of the things with media, though, is just because you make it doesn't mean people are going to consume it. And I think our podcast, Multifamily Investing Made Simple, is a really good example of this. We started that over two and a half years ago. We're almost to 300 episodes at this point. And for the first 50, 60 episodes, we got like zero traction, zero like... Very very little listenership. Um, if you go back, I think we're getting like a couple hundred listens per month. So it's like very very small. These days we're getting you know thousands and thousands and thousands of listens every single month, and it's incredible. But um, there was a very long period of time where it was not getting that. And if we had just given up and quit, then we would never have gotten to the point where that media leverage could actually be fully utilized. And I think this is the reason why most people fail to use media leverage is because they they don't stick with it long enough. They don't put out enough content. They don't put it out good enough content. And so it never gets discovered and ends up being a waste of time. So that, that this is one of the longer episodes that I've done. Um, hopefully this brought some value as we're discussing leverage and all the different ways in my personal life that it's helped me get from where I was to where I am now. And maybe it's given you another way of looking at your own, um, companies, your own business, your own, uh, life. And maybe it gives you another, way of thinking about how can I use leverage more effectively in what I'm doing? Like, okay, could I be using labor better? Maybe I go get a VA for like 20 bucks an hour. And like now they take some work off my my plate so I can go focus focus on higher um, dollar per hour tasks. Maybe I figure out how can I use capital? Maybe I can start figuring out how to use debt more effectively to go get assets or how can I leverage technology to create a product that, you know, billions of people could use and, you know, the marginal cost of application for you is like zero. And then how could I be creating more media? And if there's no other takeaway here, like that last one, I think I know in my own personal life as a creator has been incredibly powerful. And so I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you want to have more reach, more um, revenue for your business or and more income for your personal life, like media is, is my personal favorite of all of these. But again, like I'm a little bit biased. So if you got any value out of this, that's awesome. I'm psyched to hear it. Maybe you could just go drop a review real quick on iTunes. I'd be really, really rad. Um, if you get any value and you think that somebody else in your life would get some value out of it too, maybe just slide it into their DMS and say, Hey, take a look, at, take a look at this. Otherwise, for those that don't know, I'm Anthony Vecino and just like from a high level, I'm just a guy who is fumbling his way through business and real estate investing and i uh, just trying to live a life of amplified impact and share everything that I've learned along the way. And hopefully it brings you a little bit of value. And if it does awesome, if not, well, I'll try again tomorrow. What's going on, everybody? I just wanted to let you know real quick that the Hyper Focus Masterclass is officially live. We put a ton of time and energy into this project and based on all the positive feedback so far that we've received from students, it's, it's pretty awesome. Seriously, we're, we're really psyched on how it all turned out. If you're interested in learning all the habits, rituals, routines, systems, processes, frameworks, and more that you know, helped me turn my ADHD into a superpower, to get out of massive debt and build a $70 million real estate portfolio over the past 10 years, then you're definitely going to want to head over to beyondtheapex.com backslash hyperfocus and check it out.